Well, we thank the Lord for being here at MCC. This has been, for us, kind of like a resurrection. We left Japan 20 years ago. We came back many times. And in fact, sometimes we felt, should we be here or should we be at home where we had retired at what, the age of 60 or so, 65. And so I tell people, we have retired. This is our third time to retire. <laughs> we thought we were done at 65 and we'd be in our rocking chairs and just enjoy being home. But we missed Japan. And so we kept coming back in those about 10 years. Was it? Before, yeah, yeah, before, before we got the telephone call <laughs> from Kent saying, would you guys be interested in coming and being the pastor of MCC? And I think we were in bed because it was early in the morning. <laughs> and I turned to Katie and I said, do they know how old we are? Well, somehow or other, we got rejuvenated and we came back almost six years ago. We had promised two years. <laughs> two years became almost six. And it went by like that. It really did. But during that split second, we came to love you and just a, a horde, not a horde, <laughs> a, a crowd of many, many who have passed through MCC. Because this church has a rotating door, not like some churches have where you come once and then you're gone. No, it's people that have been here, been blessed, and they've gone out. Some of them have come back. And those that are on Zoom right now, many of those have been here in this place or in the congregation of the MCC Body of Christ. You know, this past week I had three different messages for you for this morning. And so when Katie said, honey, what are you working on? I said, well, I'd like to share this. She says, I don't think so. <laughs> she says, it's too long. And you know what? Last night, the Lord gave me this passage. And I trust it's cooked enough for you to be able to take in and digest. But if it seems a little raw for you, I ask you to go to 1 Peter 5, 1 to 11 and examine it for yourself. Anyway, here's the way it goes, and I'm just going to go down through it without reading the full text, and I hope we'll come out the other end, understanding what the Lord is saying to the church. Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Peter is saying this as Peter. He's saying this like me and you. Peter was just a fisherman. He was just an ordinary man like you and I. And yet, when Jesus came by and called him, 
he responded. And many of us have done that. And so Peter says, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness. Now, what does this elders mean and fellow elder? You don't have to be 80 to really have the wisdom of Jesus Christ. And like what Tuaco has done as a young woman making a decision that is a lifetime decision to follow Jesus Christ. She doesn't have to see all the future things in her life because like Peter, she and I and many of us in this room, and in fact, if not all of us, we have made a decision that changed our destiny by saying, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And there's sufferings along with Christ. We are partakers also of the glory that is revealed through Jesus Christ. We are called in the scriptures a kingdom of priests and kings. Verse 2, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion. In other words, don't, hey, guy, you're going to follow Jesus. No, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain. What is sordid gain? Well, we call it also in English, filthy lucre. Why, there's not much down there. Well, anyway, that's what Peter is saying, not for gain. And not even for the fact that, well, this is my escape out of hell. You know what I'm talking about? Some people get scared. Well, what if I'm not a Christian? Jesus, I, I, I trust you. And then you would go out and we go into the pachinko parlor and continue doing our habits. When he is our savior who redeemed us for those things that are not worth anything. Sordid gain. But with eagerness to be the children of God. To honor him in our daily lives. And to know that he has called us. He has put his spirit within us and his word to guide us and to bring us to the place where we are bold enough to say to our boss, yes, I'm a Christ follower. I believe in Jesus. He lives within me. He's given me his spirit and the truth. Eagerly. Verse 3. Nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And we are not to win people to ourselves. We are to win them for the Lord. They're not our followers. Those that we have witnessed to, those we have, we, we say, you know what? I had the privilege of leading my coworker to the Lord. <sighs> no, it's not boasting in that. 
we're to be examples of the flock. We're just sheep. We're just sheep, all of us here, flocking together, worshiping the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, who, by the way, is also called the Lamb of God. And when Christ, the chief shepherd, appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Is that good enough for you to go to heaven? To have an unfading crown of glory? I cannot yet get my mind around what it's going to be like. What that crown of glory will be like. But it's nothing like what we see the king or an important person wearing a crown. It's nothing like that. In fact, it is more a condition than it is a crown. It is our stand in Jesus Christ. Those who are followers of Jesus Christ are going to be, as the writer of Hebrews said, better than the angels because we're in Christ Jesus. In fact, right now, they're wondering, why? Why? Who are these people that are at MCC? But he's saying to us, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. It will not rot. It will not corrupt. It will not be for trade. It is yours and yours forever. Wow, we can't understand that, really. Okay, I'm going to hurry along. My wife just gave me a, a message that I'm going to ignore. <laughs> Be an example, Ron. <laughs> example of the believers, yes. <laughs> example of a husband. <laughs> You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. And all of you, <laughs> she's not older than I am. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Humility. Clothes. What does humility look like? I don't think it's a raggy, taggy, well, with my shirt out kind of thing. <laughs> No. Humility. We get before the Lamb. And he takes and puts a robe around us. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine standing before the throne of God? And you are enclosed with a robe. He's saying, clothe yourself with humility because that is the attitude. That is our position to each other. It's not, did you see my robe? No, it is. You're now clothed in Jesus Christ, walking on this earth in humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud but he gives grace to the humble. Can we say praise the Lord? Mm -hmm. Grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God 
that he may exalt you at the proper time. That is significant, and I didn't underline that or highlight that, but that he may exalt you at the proper time. Casting all our anxiety on him. And that is where we are, because anxiety and cares are synonymous, by the way. Casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. We care about how we feel. We care about what we look like. We care about a lot of things in life. But know this, he cares for us more than we care for the things of the world. And so we need to get on his level by admitting to him, I need your help. I need you right now. I need you like the day I first was introduced to you. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. The devil, Satan, the deceiver, the serpent, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But someone has said, he just has a roar. He has no teeth. He's harmless to those who have humbled themselves before the mighty hand of God who will exalt us at a proper time. Verse 9. Why don't you read it, Katie? But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Okay, those four things. Christ himself Mm -hmm. will perfect. He will confirm. He will strengthen and establish you. Those are four foundational acts of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we are in trouble, when we are being oppressed, when we are needing to know that the God of grace is through our Lord Jesus Christ. Perfecting us. We will suffer for a little while. That is for certain. It's not, well, I'm going to try to escape it all. No, no. It will come. It's part of the walk that we walk as the believers of Jesus Christ. In humility. In suffering. So if your relatives turn against you or your friends turn against you because of Jesus Christ, blessed are you. We are in the right spot, in the right place for Jesus to place his life and his power through you. That is what true humility is. Praise the Lord. To him be dominion forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. To him be glory. Amen. 
I'm finished. Really? Yes. <laughs> I have 15 minutes. <laughs> well, when Ron told me what the Lord had given him to share this morning, I, okay, <laughs> different than what we talked about before, but um, I said, Lord, where do you want me to go with this? What should I share this morning? And there's so much, and it's it's hard to say goodbye. We love all of you so, so, so much. And your family, it's been such a joy to our hearts to be with you and walk together. So the Lord, may he just confirm to your hearts the love that he has given to us and that you know we don't leave easily. Um, Ron told me he was going to be sharing about the shepherd, and that certainly comes up in 1 Peter 5 there, the chief shepherd. We are his sheep, and he wants us to be under shepherds and that kind of thing. But anyway, there's so much that could be shared and said. But I was just reminded of a scripture that's probably the most known scripture in the Bible, second to John 3.16, Psalm 23. But years ago, I read a book that was opened that scripture up to me in a way I'd never thought of before. I learned it as a little child, and I'm sure most of you could repeat it. But this psalm was written by a shepherd. How do you think he was thinking when he wrote this? Let me just read it to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord, his sheepfold, forever. Thank you, Ron and Katie, for sharing with us from your heart, as you always do. We knew this day would come. We've known it for a long time. Uh, this past spring, you officially transitioned into, or from being a full-time pastoral couple to being more than full-time <laughs> pastoral couple and serving as pastor at large, and people often wonder what that means. It simply means that your role and your ministry expands. <laughs> and you've been able to do that. And uh, we know that your ministry extends beyond this room and beyond this building and even beyond this community and beyond this area. We've said many times over the past five years, five and a half years, almost six, 
that the Lord brought you to MCC in his way and in his time and for his purposes. And that at some point he would take you back to the United States in his way and in his time and for his purposes. Because both of you a long time ago entrusted your lives to his ways and his timing and his purposes. So that means for us, we can fully trust what our Good Shepherd has for you and for us as a church body. In 1 Timothy 5.17, Paul declares, The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. And that is what you have done, and this is what we want to do today. We want to consider you worthy of double honor today. So we as a church body, we want to express our thanks to you and for you. We want to bless you and send you where our Lord and yours is taking you next. And we want to send you with our fullest affection and gratitude and blessing. You have been faithful in preaching and teaching the Word of God. And we can all attest that you both know it and you love it and you honor it. God's Word. You've been a faithful example in prayer. We have a long way to go but you have served as a wonderful example to us. You have been faithful in using the gifts that God has given to both of you for building up this body and the larger body of Christ. You have been an example of hospitality, opening your home not just for meals, and I could add from my own family clam chowder, <laughs> but even for long-term guests. You've been an example of availability, available to pray, to counsel, to advise, and just to talk. And you've been an example of a godly marriage. Not just marriage, but marriage in ministry, as we see again today. And you have been friends and mentors and even surrogate parents to many, much like the Brooks were to many of us, especially us young single guys. And in this way, you have unselfishly served us, genuinely cared for us, and freely given your lives to us. And ministering as our Lord did, trusting the Father for strength and for rest. And you have not shrunk back from speaking truth, even when it might not have been easy to hear. But we all knew that it comes from your heart and of your love for the Lord, which is so clear to all of us. And then his love and his grace in your lives that's so evident. And as we were reminded of last Sunday through your testimony.
That is the wellspring of Ron and Katie's ministry, is their love for the Lord himself and his word. And the fruit of that has been borne out through your nearly six decades of ministry together. And that's why we have said for a long time that ministry is not what you do, but it's who you are. Isn't that true? And it's because of whose they are. Amen. And just a word to those of us who've been blessed by Ron and Katie's ministry. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. And at this point, I'd like to uh, ask the uh, Japanese deacons and the deacons from the English department, if you could kind of come and array yourselves across the front here, we'll, we'll practice social distancing. <laughs> but um, if you could just join me up front here. And I don't know if you remember this, but when, um, when Ron and Katie transitioned from full-time English department pastors to pastor at large, they really did expand their ministry because we took them on as an MCC pastoral couple at large. And so I've asked Kanda-sensei if you would, on behalf of the whole MCC body, if you would give a prayer of thanksgiving and blessing for Ron and Katie. Let us pray. Lord, we praise you because you are the creator of God. And thank you for choosing Ron and Katie even before this earth was made. Mm -hmm. And you gave them the passion and love for you and for the church. And especially for Japan and Japanese people. Thank you for sending them to this country. You have been using them as your instrument. As Kent mentioned just now, you heard who they are, what they did. We just praise you. We thank you for their love for you and love for the word, love for the church, love for Japan, love for Japanese people. You know what they did as your instruments. You bless them richly. As they go back to the United States now, we know that you go with them. We entrust Ron and Katie into your loving hand. Wherever they go, let Jesus shine in them and through them. We trust that you do that. Rest of their lives, their lives will glorify your name.
as MCC, we have been so grateful that we could have this fellowship in you. Mm. We just return our thanks to you. Bless their health. Mm. We pray this in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. We have one more song to sing, and uh, this is going to be our fourth song of the day. I was just thinking through this. I didn't plan it this way necessarily, but the four songs, well, the first three songs that we sang today really do describe much of Ron and Katie's ministry with us these last number of years. Glorify your name, and they have glorified the name of the Lord. The name of Jesus has been lifted up in their ministry. And then my dwelling place, their dwelling place is God Most High, and he has watched over them for their whole life and ministry. And then follow, follow, I will follow Jesus, and I have decided to follow Jesus. Katie is a little girl when she was three. Ron is a young boy when he was 12. And the fruit of that has been borne out. I'd like us to join together and sing one more song. And I couldn't think of a uh, song that, that was probably more appropriate than uh, the song by Fanny Crosby. All the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know that whatever befalls me, Jesus doeth all things well. All the way my Savior leads me, cheers each winding path I tread, gives me grace for every trial, feeds me with the living bread. Though my weary steps may falter and a thirst my soul may be, gushing from the rock before me, the water of life welling up from within, a spring of joy I see. All the way my Savior leads me, oh, the fullness of his love, perfect rest to me is promised in my Father's house above, when my spirit clothed immortal wings its flight to realms of day. This my song through endless ages, Jesus led me all the way. stand. Aaron the priest, chosen of God to represent our Lord Jesus Christ, the true and only high, most high priest, recognizing and knowing
who he was. Father God, the creator, the son, Jesus Christ, come as a man, Lord of all, and our heavenly father, the one to whom Jesus cried out, why, father, father. And he became our substitute. He became the Lamb of God for us. And he declares, not for himself, but for the three in one. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance his presence, the glow of his face before you and on you and give you his peace, perfect peace. God bless you, every one of you. We love you. We thank God for you. We know that we are going to miss you, but we also are very assured that we will see you again. And for those of you who may not know our Lord Jesus Christ and have not made the same kind of decision that Tawako made in her young life, may you come to that place in your life and surrender your life to our Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves you and I, our Redeemer, our Savior. We give all praise and glory to him. Amen. 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 The people of God said, <laughs> Amen. Amen.